Welcome to the Bitcoin Basics podcast with your hosts, Faris and Gordon from CoinCompass.com, enabling you to safely buy and securely store your Bitcoins. All resources are in the show notes and description, including our disclaimer. Visit BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com to subscribe and discover other free content. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Bitcoin Basics podcast with your host, Gordon. That's me, and I have Faris with me as well. Before we get started, let's do our proof of recording. The current price of Bitcoin is $35,020. That's on January the 10th, 2021. And the current block height of Bitcoin or block number is 665,677. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, have a look at the description in the show notes. Faris, we have a very good question today before we get stuck into it. How about I just go ahead and play it? Yes, please. Sorry, I didn't introduce you, you at all. <laughs> uh, if people are logging in now. We've got, what, 100 podcasts behind us. People know who we are by this stage. If you don't, you're not missing too much. Hello, Coin Compass. My question is, when all the coins have been mined, who protects the network? Because my understanding is the miners, by providing the network security they get rewarded the coins so once they're gone there's no incentive for them to stay on the network and protect it another great question and that was from lewis in the uk faris do you want to answer that first yeah i'll uh, give the generic book cover and uh, we'll get you there our tech guy to go into a lot more detail our blockchain experts um so this is what I really like about Bitcoin from coming from an economics um, perspective is the supply and demand in that Bitcoin is capped in supply. And this is brilliant, whoever um, Satoshi Nakamoto is, and I believe there are a group of people who created Bitcoin, was the way they worked out how Bitcoins are mined and by mind, in essence, how they're created. So they're released onto the network in every block. So originally when Bitcoin first came out, it was 100 Bitcoins per block. And if you heard at the very beginning, Gordon, say we're at block, um, oh, I forgot now, 660,000 or so. Um, that's how many blocks? 65, yep. 665,000 blocks have been mined in the past 11 years. So every couple of years, that block is halved. So with miners, every you know every time that a block of transactions goes through, that's on average every ten minutes, the miners receive bitcoins for doing that. Early on, those bitcoins it was a hundred dollars every sorry hundred bitcoins every ten minute ten minutes. Now we're only down to six. Is that correct after the halving? So it actually started fifty bitcoins. It started 50 Bitcoins. Thanks, Gordon. started 50, it halves every year, and now we've had the fourth halving, so we're down to six. So it'll keep going, keep going and halving until essentially no more Bitcoins will ever be released, as in no brand new Bitcoins will be created. That's expected to be in the year 2140. So that's, as a miner, that is one incentive as to how you receive Bitcoins. The other incentive, though, is basically through fees. So if I were to send Lewis Bitcoins... Um, if I want to send him 0.05 of a Bitcoin, there will be a fee involved. So if I'm going to send him $100 worth of Bitcoins, there will be a $2, $1 fee involved, and the miners get that fee. So it's the same thing with the banks. Banks charge you a fee just for using their services. 
Bitcoin miners work the exact same way. So when no new Bitcoins have been mined to keep the network going, people will still be moving Bitcoins backwards and forth between each other. They'll use stuff to buy things. And that's where miners will continue to make money, continue to make Bitcoins, is off the fees, not the no longer available newly minted Bitcoins. Well said, Faris. And Satoshi actually predicted this. So I'm going to quote from Satoshi's white paper, the inventor, whoever they, he, she, it were, said, once a predetermined number of coins have entered circulation, the incentive can transition entirely to transaction fees and be completely inflation free. So this was actually something that was expected and this was something that's planned. As Faris said, currently... 6.25 Bitcoins are the block reward. So the miner who solves that puzzle first. And in another four years, that will halve and halve again. So in in another four or maybe eight years, we're getting down to close to only one Bitcoin. So I think the best way of answering this, is this going to be a problem? And a lot of people are saying yes, in another four years, eight years, 12 years, at the next two, three halving, it is going to be a problem. But if we have a look at some of the Bitcoin transaction fees, and I will link, it's a very long URL, so I'll link it in the description. And if you have a look, and it takes the average fee, so again, um, we're dealing with averages. As of January 10, so yesterday, the average Bitcoin transaction fee is close to $14 US. And if you just compare that to a month ago, say December 11 or December 10, that was back down at $4. So it's actually tripled in the space of just one month. So a lot of people are freaking out about fees and how the fees are going to be so low, whatever. Well, if the Bitcoin fees have tripled in one month, can you imagine what the Bitcoin fees are going to be in four years, eight years, 12 years, 50 years time? So I really don't think that is going to be a concern. Um, the fees are going to outweigh any block award anyway. So this was all planned. It was all predicted. Um, and as Lewis said, what's the incentive? Well, the incentive, as Farah said, is fees. Hash rate, which is the Bitcoin mining power, goes up. Bitcoin price goes up. Fees go up. And that's a really point, good point, Gordon. One thing I do want to um, provide detail for is the reason the fees have been going up is because the price is going up. So the, it's not that fees are just going up on their own. It's the percentage is probably staying the same, but the dollar per Bitcoin is so much higher now. So that's why the fees are higher because, you know, it wasn't that long ago we were sub um, $20,000 per Bitcoin. Whereas now we are closing in on $40,000 again. Um, so, and we found this with the halvening. So every time we come out to a halvening, people do realize, OMG, um, there's fewer and fewer Bitcoins that are going to be in supply. And this increases the froth where people just go, I have to get in, I have to buy my Bitcoins. There's no longer going to be any more created. And people actually still believe you have to buy a whole Bitcoin. So when we talk about $17, that could be because people are actually going in and buying an entire Bitcoin at 35 grand. And this is what we find around happenings is that yeah, more and more people are buying Bitcoin, more and more transactions, and it's the greater transactions that lead to the greater fees. Couldn't have said it better myself, Faris. Um, 
And my last point on that is that once Bitcoin becomes, and it won't fully, uh, a closed economy, or at least uh, a semi-closed one, you have a lot more transactions from merchants, goods and services, and those fees kind of become like taxes. So when you pay your 3% MasterCard and whatnot, then that's basically what happens with the Bitcoin network. And as more merchants get on board, and no, I'm not talking about tomorrow or next year, um, perhaps in the distant future, those fees will actually become uh, quite significant. And I would assume that miners are actually going to make more from fees than they would with the normal block reward every 10 minutes. But it wouldn't be an episode, Faris, unless I played devil's advocate. Um, Lightning network and liquid network and all these what we call side chains, so they're not other coins or other blockchains. They're sort of things that sit on top or surrounding Bitcoin. For example, the Lightning Network makes Bitcoin payments faster because you can use Lightning instead of using the 10-minute Bitcoin. That's actually, all those sidechains are going to decrease the number of Bitcoin transactions. So let's say in five years' time or 10 years' time, once Lightning takes off or maybe other sidechains and people start using Bitcoin for all kinds of other purposes, you're probably going to see a reduction in Bitcoin transactions. People start using Lightning instead of using on-chain Bitcoin transactions. How is that going to affect the fees? And I would assume less transactions, less fees. Um, Yes. So Lightning Network is something that still isn't in the mainstream attention. And I mean, we've done a couple of podcasts about the Lightning Network. Um, I don't think it will decrease fees because... Lightning Network is going to be used for microtransactions. So right now we're talking about the value of one Bitcoin at you know $35,000. The Lightning Network was designed for cafes and bars. And when those channels are closed, you're talking about a $100 transaction. So those are transactions where they wouldn't have happened anyways. If you go into a cafe today, they don't have Lightning, you're going to use your fiat currency. But if they have Lightning, you go, okay, I'll just use a Lightning then. So I think that would be a separate economy, the Lightning Network. So if anything, that will increase transactions, not decrease them. Um, I disagree that there's going to be fewer on-chain transactions, but more off-chain transactions. Yeah, that's what I meant. But those off-chain transactions, when those channels are closed, become on-chain transactions. Yeah, so for example, and we're getting way into the weeds here, but I'll, I'll keep it really simple. If you do a lightning payment between yourself and a coffee shop or a bar, or whatever, you might make 100 transactions over a period of time. But in terms of on-chain transactions, that's just one transaction to the lightning network and one transaction from the lightning network. And as the lightning network gets more and more complicated, you might not even have um, other people do separate transactions to and from the Lightning Network, they just stay in the Lightning Network. So a normal transaction to buy something would have been one transaction, but with say 10 people or 20 people or hundred people buying stuff, that's still going to be one transaction. No, I agree. So, so, so what it's actually doing then? So right now people buying Bitcoin are, in my opinion, still buying Bitcoin as a store of value. They're not buying Bitcoin thinking I'm going to use it down at my cafe or my restaurant. So when we have Lightning available, then 
that's going to change people's mentality. Oh, I can buy Bitcoin and store value and I can now use it. So rather than just holding onto their Bitcoins, they may be further inclined to spend it. So I think it will increase transactions, not decrease them. Yeah, it, it might be. I think it actually will decrease transactions, but it doesn't matter. Um, a lot of people are going to get into Bitcoin without actually having Bitcoin. So a lot of people are going to start buying Bitcoin, and I'm not talking tomorrow, could be five, 10 years, um, by actually using Lightning in the back end and actually being able to get into the Lightning network without actually buying Bitcoin in the first place. But I think what's going to start to happen is once merchants and exchanges and other institutions start to pour into Bitcoin, which it looks like they're sort of starting to do now, they're going to sort of take over mining. There will always be people mining and individuals mining. But for example, let's say Amazon, and I don't think they probably will, but you never know, start accepting Bitcoin. Well, they're not going to rely on a third party to do the mining and verification of their transactions. So if Amazon starts accepting Bitcoin, Amazon becomes a Bitcoin miner and Google becomes a Bitcoin miner and all these other corporations and come Bitcoin miners as well. So I think that I, I, I think we can argue whether fees, oh, sorry, transactions are going to get higher or lower. I don't think that really matters. The price of Bitcoin is going to continue to grow. The Bitcoin hash power or the Bitcoin mining power is going to continue to grow. And even if there are less transactions, the fees for each transaction in basic economics will grow accordingly as other corporations and businesses get into the economy. Yep, I agree with that entirely. I think we've answered your question and then some loose. So our apologies if we go off track of the weeds. <laughs> Great question. Uh, nothing to worry about. And uh, if you're alive in 2140 and uh, Bitcoin um, network is struggling because uh, no one's mining it, um, ask us another question. That's presuming we're around in 2140. <laughs> Thanks, Lewis. Thanks, everyone. If you have a question, go to coincumbus.com slash ask. We will answer on the show like this. And if you're looking to uh, other resources, Go to BitcoinBasicsPodcast.com. We have all our platforms there, podcasts, YouTube channel, and other playlists and all the resources that you need to expand your Bitcoin knowledge. Thanks, Faris. And thank you, Lewis. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit CoinCompass.com slash free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time.